Hi, and welcome to the Soul Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. During your time here, you will step into your soul through enlightened conversations, meditations, and stories about healing. I started my own journey on this path long ago by earning a master's degree in counseling, becoming certified in regression and Reiki, and doing countless hours of work to raise my own vibration. It is my hope that you will see yourself reflected in me and in my guests and find self-awareness or a healing method that will propel you further on your own path. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves. We are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Join me every Tuesday to feel more in touch with the beautiful soul that you are. Welcome to the first ever Dear Dana episode. I am so excited to dive into your questions and I am so grateful to all of you who have sent me questions. I am starting a list for next month's episode. So please, please, please click the link in the show notes below to submit your questions. I cannot wait to hear from you. But before we dive into these incredible questions, I want to announce that I am launching a Cultivating Abundance course. I will have all of the details for you in next week's episode about the price and when it will launch. But I wanted to tell my listeners first before I announce it in my email list or on social media, this is going to be an incredible opportunity to expand in whatever way that you desire. So maybe that's more money, deeper relationships, more exciting opportunities in your life, or greater creativity, or all of those things. So this is a seven-day self-guided journey through your inner and outer worlds by way of the chakra system, a look at what the stars say about your specific superpower to creating abundance, journal prompts that will identify and dissolve any blocks or barriers that you might have, and meditations that are infused with holy fire Reiki and sound healing to catapult you to the next level. So be on the lookout next week for more details about my Cultivating Abundance course. All right, let's jump right in. Number one, what is your favorite way to ask for signs or confirmation from spirit? So my personal favorite way to kind of receive messages from spirit is numbers. And back in season one, episode 21, I talked all about synchronicity and the different types of signs that you can receive. So if you aren't familiar with this concept, definitely go back and check that episode out. But I will share a story that I also shared in that episode now because it relates so well to this question. So my grandmother on my mother's side passed away in 2005 over New Year's. We don't know exactly when she passed. And as a family, we all went to her house afterwards to, of course, uh, you know, go through the house, go through her belongings, have a memorial service for her. And while we were there, my brother started realizing that the number 59 was kind of imprinted in everything. It was on the back of her license plate. You know, we noticed that as we were talking about what to do with her car. It was in her zip code. It was in her phone number. Uh, She was 59 when my little brother was born and he was the one who kind of noticed this. So we all started to take notice to the number 59. Fast forward a couple months later, my brother was coming home from college for the weekend and he was riding with a friend and he was in the passenger seat and the friend was driving. 
he looked at the clock and saw that there was a 59. So I don't know, maybe it was like 1159 or something. And he felt like he needed to move his seat back. He felt like his legs were too cramped. So he scooted his seat back a little bit. And within moments, a tire came off of a truck going the opposite direction on the four lane highway. This tire came off and flew across the highway and landed on the car in the exact spot my brother had just been sitting in. And as it was, he only broke his nose, but you can imagine if he had been scooted up just a couple more inches, he could have died. So our whole family, like we were noticing the 59s before that, but we really, really started paying attention to them. And we're so grateful for this. So, you know, we fully believe that my grandmother helped to save his life that day. And so, you know, we all just started paying more attention to this. So now I see 59s almost every single day. It's been 15 years since she passed. We're going on 16 And so I see those 59s every day, but it's expanded for me. So I also see a lot of repeating numbers like 111 or 555 or 777. And I personally see them the most on the clock when I look at my phone or when I look at, you know, like the clock on my oven (laughs) or whatever in my kitchen. But I also see them a lot on license plates and in receipts and in bills that come through in my email, that kind of thing. So I personally love the numbers because they have so many different ways to come to us in a day. And it's an easy way to feel like you are being supported throughout the day. So those are, that's my favorite kind of day-to-day sign or confirmation from Spirit. So thank you for asking. Okay, number two. I want to get more dream messages, but my memory is bad when I wake up. Help. Okay, this is a great question because our soul travels to other dimensions when we sleep. And in order for us to process the events that we have gone through during the day and heal from past traumas and receive messages from spirit, our soul has to travel in order to do that. And these things really help us along our path. So dreams are very important. And what happens in our subconscious mind while we are sleeping is incredibly telling. So I understand why you want to have more recall of your dream memories. So I'm going to give you a couple tips. And I think personally, it really starts like way before you're actually going to bed during your evening routine. So making sure that the last foods that you put into your body for the day are clean, healthy, and high vibe, organic if possible, so that they can really support your body through the night. Now, you could make the claim that you should do that all day long, and absolutely you you should shoot for that, but I would say the last meal of the day, the last thing you eat, especially just because that's the last thing that you're putting into your body before bed. Make sure that you're also not consuming alcohol or substances in the evening that could change your vibration because those things really do impact our bodies and our brains. The next thing is to have a really nice slow bedtime routine. And this is something that's hard for me to recommend considering I am a mama (laughs) and I know how hard it can be when your kids are little to really take care of yourself at bedtime. So You know, of course, you're probably going to fall asleep in bed with them some nights, but if you can try to treat yourself after their bed to some journaling time, taking a bath, lighting a candle, getting into some meditation, all of those things are going to just help you ease gently into sleep and eventually that dream state. 
So when you're getting ready for bed, also put a journal and a pen next to your bed on your nightstand if you have one, so that in the moment that you wake up in the morning, you can really write those things down while they're still floating through your consciousness. So then once you're lying in bed, you've got everything set up, you've taken care of yourself, the most important thing is going to be to set your intention each night before sleeping. So ask your guides when you go to sleep to help you retain those dreams and messages that are going to come through. You can also take an extra step and put some crystals next to your bed. Some people recommend putting crystals underneath your pillow. Personally, I think that's kind of counterintuitive because if you are sleeping on rocks, uh, you might wake up in the middle of the night. You may not be comfortable. And I really believe that crystals can still help us even from a couple of feet away. But most of us have a nightstand right next to our bed, or you can even put them on the floor next to your bed. They will still be able to impact your aura and your person your physical body. So I recommend just setting some crystals next to you. A few that I personally recommend for dream recall are the first one is amethyst. Amethyst is a beautiful purple stone that is connected to the third eye. So the third eye is where we see things in our head. When you are reading a book and you're imagining the characters, you're kind of using your third eye. You can see that movie sort of playing in your mind, even if your eyes are open and you're reading. And so that is the place that mediums go to when they are connecting or getting a message or a vision for you. They're seeing things with their third eye, exactly like you are imagining characters while you're reading a book. So amethyst helps to cleanse that third eye, to clear it, to open it up so that you have this intuition and connection to your higher self and to God. And so strengthening that and having amethyst there as a support is going to also help that movie play um, that you see when you have a dream. You know, the next day when you're trying to remember it, it feels similar to when you are reading a book and imagining characters. It's the same kind of thing. So Taking care of that third eye area with amethyst is really going to help. Another one that's great is moonstone. And, you know, moonstone obviously taps into the energy of the moon, given its name. The moon is out at nighttime while we are dreaming. So connecting to the energy of the moon is going to help you a lot. And also the moon represents our emotions and our intuition. So it's all connected. Um, I think a lot of the time our dreams will leave us with an emotion the next day. You might actually be able to picture what happened and stuff, but there's a feeling that is residual from the dream as well. And so Moonstone is going to help you to tap into that emotion and anchor it within you so that you can remember a bit more. And then the last one is Tiger's Eye. So Tiger's Eye is great for grounding you. It's connected to the root chakra. So holding you here on earth while your soul is traveling so that you can then combine the physical body with the soul that had left. And it'll help you retain those messages more if you're kind of grounding and maintaining that physical body, which is hard to do when you're actually asleep. It's not like you can be focused on grounding yourself while you're sleeping. So Tiger's Eye can really hold hold that space for you. And it's also great at helping you to release thoughts of the day while you're trying to fall asleep so that you can really open up to receiving and just letting all the stuff from the day go. But the most important thing that I want to say about dream recall is to be open to trusting that 
whatever is in your greatest and highest good will happen. So I have read studies that say that we dream every single night. And I don't know about you, but I don't remember my dreams every single night. There are times when I will remember my dreams vividly, night after night in a row. And then there's also periods where I don't remember my dreams at all. And I think that there's a purpose to that. I think we are meant to have information from our dreams at certain times and other times we're not. And that information becomes stored within your brain and within your DNA and your cells so that the moment that you are ready for it to come to light, it will come to you. So if you are not remembering your dreams all the time, give yourself some grace and know that there's a higher purpose for that and that the information that you need is from those dreams is still within you and it always will be. And so trusting that I think is way more important than actually having those dream recalls every single night. I wish you sweet dreams and the ability to recall them. Okay, number three, do you feel more fulfilled if you create more than you consume in a day? So for me, I personally definitely do. I love to create. And I think a lot of us don't even see ourselves as creative people. A lot of us are in creative jobs, but those of us who are not tend to just think that you're not creative. I know for a long time, I felt like I wasn't (laughs) very creative. And a lot of times when I consume, the problem is that I'm not just able to see what someone else is doing and just applaud them for it or find inspiration from it. Certainly there are some people that are like that for me that I can see what they're doing and be like, oh, that's awesome. But I really tend to allow this like flood of comparison into my brain when I am consuming other people's content. And what I'm talking about is in social media or on television And that can really dampen my own creativity. That's just me. You might feel differently, but I just believe that our society encourages us to compare ourselves to other people the way we have glorified reality TV and social media. And don't get me wrong. I love those things. I love to watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. (laughs) I love to be on social media. It's a great way to connect with other people. But it does have a darker side and it does have a side that can force us to look at our shadow. And I think that's a great thing, but we also don't want it to kind of ruin our creativity. The other thing is I feel like our society just in general doesn't encourage creativity enough. We are still in that old paradigm where like you have to work hard, put your head down, you know, work at a nine to five and push, 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 and hustle to succeed. And I don't think that there is enough emphasis on just simply being creative for the fun of being creative. So let's unlearn that. Let's normalize adding some creativity just for the fun of it, not for your job, back into our daily lives. And I really think that doing that is going to then help us feel even more fulfilled by our jobs And we will be more able to resist some of that comparison that comes when we do consume other people's content. Question number four, how can depression impact one's ability to manifest things into their life? This question is really near and dear to my heart because I personally have struggled with depression a lot 
in my teens and 20s. And it can still creep up sometimes, but I am in a place now with my spirituality that has helped me to really manage that better. But just first of all, I want to validate anyone feeling depression because it is real, it is valid, and I truly believe that it comes from a chemical imbalance in the brain. And I also believe that that imbalance can be helped by meditation, by regular meditation. And it doesn't mean that you have to do 20 minutes a day, but 5-10 minutes a day has been shown in actual scientific studies to improve depression. So I would just answer this question by starting there. That said, I do also believe that depression is a lower vibrational frequency and that yes, it can block manifestation, but it doesn't necessarily. There are no hard and fast rules in life. I don't believe that. (laughs) So I can't sit here and say that having depression is always going to impact your ability to manifest things. There are certain things that I believe are fated for us. So for instance, um, I was in the midst of a really deep depression about five years ago. And I came across a medium who helped me to understand more about who I am. And this was like a lamp shining in the darkness of my depression. This was a fated event, I believe, to meet her. And she was sent to me because I was so deep in that depression. Your guides are watching what's happening to you. They know what's going on and they don't want you to stay in that place. And so they are going to put people or circumstances or opportunities in your path to help shine the way even in the darkest of times, but you have to be willing to see it. You have to be willing to say yes and to move forward with opportunities or people that come into your path, especially during those difficult times. So I would say that if you can do anything at all to raise your vibration while you're feeling depressed, even if it's just a little bit, you will be able to clear some of those blocks to manifesting. So you can do that by having a session with a healer, really of any kind. There are mediums, regression therapists, just a regular talk therapist, like a counselor, um, doing energy work, any of those things, even simple things, just like listening to music, having uh, pulling some cards, Having a phone call with a friend, anything that really makes you feel happier is going to raise your vibration a little bit and help to move some of that stuck energy. And when you can remember who you are a bit more clearly, even if it's just for a moment, it can open you back up to your ability to manifest. Number five, where did you start your journey of a balanced life? What are some simple first steps for a week or a year? I love this question so much, and I have thought about it endlessly since I saw it, and so I'm really excited to dive into this. I think this is a really important topic because our society has sort of made the idea of balance equal to perfection, and so I think the first step that we have to do for each of us is to unlearn what we believe about balance. So there's a lot of pressure in our society to make sure that you have control over all the moving parts in your life, which, you know, equals balance. And I think that this is an outdated way of being. When I really need a reminder of how balance works in a way that is not 
limited to our human society, I look at nature. Nature balances itself each day. Think about the shifts in the tide, the transitions from day to night and then back again, the weather fluctuations that come to balance the earth. And then there's also those longer forms of balance in nature that are reflected in the changing of the seasons or the movement of the planets in the sky. So those things remind us that sometimes balance happens on a daily level, and sometimes we find balance in the long term. And what I mean by that specifically is that there are going to be some things that we need to do each day in order to seek balance, but we also need to remember that there are going to be stretches of time in our life that do not feel so balanced until we move into that next season. So for example, from my life, the time when my children were newborns was incredibly difficult because I was totally out of balance. I was giving so much to someone else and the amount of time that I had to replenish myself was low. So now that they are a little bit older and more independent, they are eight and four. So it's not like they're grown up. I still have to do a lot for them, but they are at a point now where I can give much more to myself. If you don't have children, you could be going through a time when maybe your work is more demanding than other times, or maybe you have family issues that are pressing on you right now more than another time in your life. And so To me, balance is really about having grace and removing the pressure to feel like we have to have everything perfect. There are lessons in the imbalance too. And so welcoming insight from those times is going to be incredibly helpful. This is going to require though that you cultivate the ability to define what balance means for you and not what society tells you that it should be. So that said, Even when you are in a season that might be challenging to find true balance, like when I had the newborns or if your work is pressing on you, you can always do the best that you can to incorporate some balance into your daily routine. So I think starting with a bigger picture and then zooming in is what is most helpful here. So it starts with defining what your basics are. And this is something that came through to me in a message from Spirit during a meditation a few years ago, where they told me, make a list of what your back to basics are. So I sat down and I said to myself, okay, what are the things that bring me back to calm and center and make me feel better when I don't feel like myself, when I'm all out of whack? And so I just brainstormed and I made a huge list of things that I love to do. Some of the things on my list included meditation, travel, getting together with friends, exercising, spending time with my husband, um, grabbing dinner out, a home-cooked dinner on the opposite side of that, working hard on a project, getting out in nature, resting, and watching a TV show that I love. I mean, on and on. Those are just some examples. I just try to brainstorm in all the different areas of my life what helps me feel accomplished, whole, and happy. Then I went back through that list, and I sorted them into things that I need daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. So for example, travel really lights me up. I am a Sagittarius rising, and so if you are into astrology at all, you know that a Sagittarius rising can have some deep wanderlust. Travel also just really connects me to the fact that we are all one. 
And, you know, unfortunately, travel isn't feasible for me all the time, pandemic or not. I am a mother of small children, and so I haven't gotten to travel the last eight years like I did in my 20s, and that's fine. It's, it's all about balance, right? But, you know, for me, travel really lights me up. But, of course, there are people who travel for work, maybe pre-COVID. <laughs> maybe they're not doing that right now. But traveling for work constantly, you know, maybe might make them feel like traveling doesn't light them up so much. So, you know, everyone has a different perspective on these things, and that's why it's important for you to feel out what's important for you. So for me, I put travel in my yearly category. That's something that is more connected to, you know, the idea of a season that I can travel at some point during the year. It's kind of a longer term goal of being able to travel. It's not something I'm going to do daily. So on the daily level, it becomes creating what I like to call a rhythm. I don't necessarily like to call it a routine, but it's just making a list of the things that in an ideal day would help you to feel more balanced if you got them done. So things like meditating, exercising, having a meal with your significant other, Um, completing a certain amount of work hours, whatever it is for you, and then visualizing what that day looks like and the flow that you would have and writing that down. Now, the huge, huge piece of this, and if you take nothing else away from my answer to this question, it is to have grace with yourself. Going back to the big seasons of your life and remembering that you won't always be able to find this perfect balance. You're never going to have that, but you can at least strive for balance in whatever way is best for you. But you have to give yourself that permission slip to just do the best that you can each day. And if laying in bed all freaking day is what you need, then (laughs) you can balance it out later with busier days, but you have to honor what you need in the moment. Sometimes we have to do some big things that will bring us back to balance. Having a full day or several days in bed is going to balance out maybe doing way too much. So you have to just listen to yourself. This is about using your intuition and tuning into what you need and what you desire and what makes you feel whole and letting go of what you've been told your whole life about having to hustle. All right, question number six. I hope I numbered these correctly. I'm not really sure. This is going to be our last question, and then we will get into more next month. I'm so enjoying this. Okay, number six. How do you know the difference between your intuition slash thoughts and being led by God slash higher power? So I want to start off answering this question by just saying that your intuition and your thoughts are not one and the same, but your intuition and being led by God or a higher power are. So your intuition is essentially being led by that higher power, whether it's coming from a piece of your own soul that remains in heaven that is guiding you or from some of your guides, your angels, or directly from from God. So your thoughts come from the human or the ego brain. And a lot of the time, our thoughts are associated with some of the lower vibrational feelings like worry, discontent, overwhelm, fear, uh, insecurity, anger, sadness, on and on. 
So if the energy of what is currently in your mind is held in a more challenging emotion, like the ones I just listed, then that is coming from the human or the ego side of things. And that's because to be in the human body is to experience those emotions. That is the whole purpose. Those emotions don't really exist on the other side once we die, but they have an incredibly important purpose here on earth, which is to help us grow and transform. So when you do have those types of thoughts, try not to totally shush them. Welcome them in, explore them, journal about them, witness them. Thoughts that are also around mundane things that we need to do in life, like our to-do list, our chores, um, etc. Those are all also part of the human thoughts. And again, these are important though, because they secure our survival. We have to take care of ourselves, right? But when you look at your intuition or feeling led by a higher power, it comes in the most simple of forms. It is not complicated. It is a lightning bolt moment where you just have this clarity and you know something at your core. It comes with a feeling that is so strong that you could choose to ignore it if you wanted to, but you know deep down that it's bigger than just a thought. It's this feeling of not wanting to go down the highway on the way home, and instead you're taking the back roads through the country, and then you find out later that there was this huge accident on the freeway. In a less dramatic example, it might be listening to your body by not ordering asparagus with your meal and subbing green beans in instead because for whatever reason, asparagus messes with you. So it's this huge range of things, but it's a strong feeling that you can't really deny. It's understanding the choices and the decisions that you need to make, even if you can't rationally understand why you have to make that decision or if it doesn't make sense to you, or maybe you just want to put your head in the sand and hide from what you are feeling so strongly pulled to do. But it's going to be calling you to something higher, which may not necessarily be easier, uh, but it may be calling you to heal some deep wounding or take a job that really scares you. So you may have your own feelings around the knowing that you have, But it's that core message that is simple, is clear, and it is always going to be pushing you towards a higher plane of existence. So I hope this makes sense, but to drill it down, your human thoughts have the quality of being from this world. They can be complicated or they can be messy feelings, and your intuition is simple, clear, and calls you to a higher standard. So my intention was to give you some guideposts to know when it's your intuition talking and when it's just your human self talking. And I hope that that helped a little bit. So now at this point, I would like to move into a meditation. And what I'm feeling called to do is have us really tap into the idea of balance. This is something that we talked about in last week's episode with Victoria Martinez. And here we are again. I just think it's such an important conversation about balance and about honoring nature and coming back to ourselves. So go ahead and find a comfortable position and just allow yourself to let go of the stress that you've been holding on to and close your eyes. And just feel yourself sinking into the furniture that you're on. Notice how it supports you. 
and take a deep breath in through the nose and let it go. Again, in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. One more time, deeply inhale. Breathing in peace and relaxation. And exhale with a sigh. Just let it all go. Imagine now that there are roots coming from the base of your spine. Imagine these roots stretching down deep into the soil. Imagine these roots becoming mature, strong, stable, and deeply embedded in the earth. And feel this strength coming back up through those roots to the base of your spine. And feel your body grounded physically in this earth, nourished, cared for, and loved. Now imagine a beautiful beam of golden light coming down through the clouds, coming down through the sky. And feel it gently touching the top of your head. And allow this light to move down through your body, warming you as it goes, filling your body slowly as it moves down. until eventually you are filled fully with light and you are protected at this time. Imagine yourself now sitting in a beautiful chair and in front of you is a storybook window, a beautiful large window that wraps itself around you Take notice of the kind of chair that you're sitting on. Notice its color. Notice its shape. Notice the level of comfort that you have. And allow your gaze now to drift up to the window. We begin by seeing outside a wintry scene. This is all yours to imagine, but perhaps there are trees and snow drifts, beautiful clouds, perhaps snow is falling, or perhaps not. But take a moment to watch the winter scene outside of your window.
you notice that the winter scene slowly begins to warm and spring is coming. Take notice of the buds on the trees and the green grass. Notice any animals that might come and what messages they have for you. Just take a moment to immerse yourself in this springtime scene. sun overhead, the bright blue sky, the lush green of the landscape. Take a moment to really absorb this beautiful winter. Take a moment to really absorb this beautiful summer scene. Just as the seasons change, so too are you changing. And just as the seasons find balance, so too are you finding balance. Aligning yourself with the energy of the earth and with the power 
power of spirit above you, you tap in to the ability to find balance and what this means for you. You let go of all of society's expectations and tune into the beautiful example that nature gives us of balance. And now at this time, take a moment of gratitude for the beautiful example of balance that nature sets for us. Gently notice the storybook window in front of you dissolving. Feel yourself coming back into this space, coming back into your room. Allow yourself to begin feeling your body by wiggling your toes, gently moving your fingers, coming back and bringing with you all of the feelings of balance from nature. Open your eyes. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at thesoulrisingpodcast.com or at the underscore soul rising podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.